Welcome to In the Lab with Hoopsology. I am your host, Matt Thomas, and I am flying solo tonight. Justin's got this episode off. He sends his regards. And in spite of Justin being gone, we've got a lot to talk about, so we got to press on. We've got the conference finals coming up. Recording this on May 15th. Our conference finals start tomorrow, Tuesday night, May 16th. Game one will be played between the Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Lakers. Before we jump in, want to mention we are going to be using some Vegas odds. Always helpful with analysis to do so. And we're going to be using BovadaSportsbook.com for some of these odds that we mention later on. So let's dive right in. And the first thing that I want to talk about is the fallout from some of these recent losses. Some of these things we touched on a little bit last week, but none of the series were really wrapped up. So I want to close the book on this, so to speak. And let's start with the New York Knicks. I think the Knicks, of course, had an incredible year, kind of uh, revitalizing sort of year, given that they missed the playoffs and had that letdown last year. You saw sort of transitioning pieces like Derrick Rose was more veteran leadership along with Evan Fournier, didn't really play, but kind of guided this team. And now I think you're at a point where you saw the difference between what Randall was able to do in this Heat series. Granted, yes, he was injured as well. And what Brunson was able to do, scoring, I believe, 41 points in that game six. And so Brunson has kind of established himself as the leader of this team, the alpha of this team on the court, or at least he should be. He has shown through his play and performance that he should be. And so I think... You may have reached the ceiling of what this team can do as currently constructed, and you're going to have to figure out the Julius Randle piece of this. And given that he had such success in terms of awards and accolades this year, I think you may be in your best interest to try to shop him for some parts. I don't know that you'll get equal return for him. But I think I would kind of clear the way for Jalen Brunson to be the leader of this team and then continue to build around Jalen Brunson. And who knows, maybe you attract a Luka Doncic, a Joel Embiid, or maybe down the line a Giannis in free agency. Because another thing this season accomplished was making the Knicks cool again. They were cool two years ago when they made the playoffs, had that unfortunate loss to the Hawks who had their sort of improbable run. And now the Knicks are back again and they have last two out of three years, this relevancy that makes them cool. And I think a free agent destination, you see how excited that fan base gets younger generations of players that haven't really seen too much of that other than maybe that short lived Carmelo Anthony run where they were pumped to get like a first round series victory. I don't know. I I just think there's a lot of potential for this Knicks team. And at this point, I would want to clear cap space 
and let that opportunity come in if it presents itself. Spoke to, we spoke with multiple analysts who covered the Knicks this season, and that's kind of what they're waiting for now is that big free agency pick to land. In terms of like how Bovada will see them and how Vegas will see them when the odds come out to start the season, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little bit of a letdown, sort of like a moderate type of ranking. You got to remember the Cavs are still around and a threat. You got to remember that the Hawks will have a full year under Quinn Snyder and the Bucks and Celtics and potentially the Sixers too will still be around and threats. And who knows, maybe Miami will not have a cold start and will be even better next year too. So it's still going to be a tight Eastern conference, but the Knicks wouldn't shock me if they build and, and stay like a six seed or above next season, depending on how this off season shakes out. Moving forward, we had projected, well, initially, I thought the Warriors were going to win this series, and the Lakers proved me wrong in a big way. They uh, proved me right in that they were easily able to get to the basket, but man, I thought the perimeter game of the Golden State Warriors would give the Lakers more trouble than it did. The Lakers just came through as LeBron James does, as, as a freight train. LeBron, very impressive in this series. Anthony Davis had moments where he was able to step up, especially on the defensive end and on the boards. Austin Reeves, still looking strong. This Lakers team marches on and probably as the seventh seed. We'll talk about them more later. want to touch on the Warriors because I think they have a really complicated situation to get into. Just today, saw comments about Jordan Poole talking. I'm paraphrasing here about his relationship with Jermont Green is basically a business partnership, which makes sense after all that happened. I wouldn't be that friendly with Draymond either if he punched me in the face at practice. So I don't blame him there, but there's clearly deeper chemistry issues going on with this team that need to be addressed. I think you try and see if you can showcase Jordan Poole at the start of the year, even though he is one of your young assets. I personally think you ride it out with Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Steph Curry, in spite of their advancing age. You keep Andrew Wiggins if you can. You see what else you can do in free agency. If You see if that strong team culture of the past can draw someone else in. You move off of that Jordan Poole contract if someone is interested in the trade deadline. Open up that cap room and move forward from there. Get some helpful young role players. Easier said than done, I know, but I think that is the path for the Golden State Warriors. I was kind of thinking last week that, geez, maybe you move on from Clay, see what kind of value you can get there. But no, I think at this point, you keep the Splash Brothers together here. You run this back one more time. Maybe it's a last dance situation for the Warriors next season. They're going to have contenders in their way. In the West, I fully expect Denver to stay strong. For example, I expect the Suns to be a stronger title threat. But when Vegas and Bovada comes out with their odds for next season, I think the Warriors are going to be kind of middle of the pack, maybe actually slightly underneath the Mavericks, as weird as that might sound. But just simply because Mavericks will have a new season and Luka Doncic is that that young, sexy talent there, I think the Warriors still will be 
like a top six threat in the Western Conference moving forward. But like I said, they've got a lot they need to figure out. Let's talk about next the Phoenix Suns. Sort of a disastrous end. The the wheels just kind of came off and the worst fears were realized. Chris Paul gets injured very early in the series and was unable to play for the full series. Aiton has a rib contusion and isn't able to play in game six. So Denver wraps this up on Phoenix's court and sort of a redemption for the whole Suns in four series that went on. And uh, what can you say? It, it was just a little too much, too soon for the Suns, making that deal at the deadline. There were injuries to KD during the season, you all know. They had, I believe, five games together during the regular season. And it just wasn't enough for them to really gel. And then you have the injuries and all this. And in spite of, again, a, another mispick on my part, the Suns weren't able to get it done. Um, and Denver moves on. Denver looks very impressive. Denver's just rolling. We'll talk about them some more. The Suns also show, Chris Mannix had a tweet about this that I, I thought was right on point, that in spite of how much praise Ishbia, Matt Ishbia, new owner of the Suns, has been getting, he made some rookie mistakes here. And one of them was that he fires Monty Williams, the winningest coach since 2021 and it it just seems like a bad move this this is a guy who has been great for this team's culture and along with coach nurse coach bud in my opinion he joins them as coaches who were wrongly fired and i think it's actually a mistake to let him go and to let this continuity go new ownership tends to do this be curious how safe James Jones is as well as the GM since he wasn't Matt Ishbia's hire. But I, I think this is a big mistake. There are rumors now that Isaiah Thomas, I, I believe it was Frank Isola saying that Isaiah Thomas may have a shot at getting the coaching job here. We know what a disaster that was with the New York Knicks, but I would imagine he's not going to be fully making roster decisions like acting as a team president, etc. But something to keep an eye on for sure. And while I still contend Matt Ishbia is going to be like a top five owner in the league, I feel pretty confident about that. He's done some good things with wanting to make sure that all fans in the region can watch games. So that structuring is going to be changing. But I think this firing of Monty Williams is a mistake. We'll see if it sets them back or moves them forward, depending on who they bring in, because it, it does open up new opportunity. As far as like Bovada rankings and Vegas rankings for this team, I fully expect them to be, at minimum, a top four contender in the West, probably, honestly, one of the top two contenders in the West. Probably going to be Nuggets, Suns again, if I had to take a guess, just based on Booker and KD, and then assuming they add some pieces it's it's rumored they're heavily shopping Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton and other teams have shown if you have two stars you really just need to complement them with other pieces and you may be good to go you may be a title contender with that alone so i expect the suns to try to do that and i expect them to be legitimate contenders next year 
Moving on, more confusing off-season situation potentially for the Philadelphia 76ers. Jason Tatum just went nuts in Game 7, had, I believe, 51 points. And the Celtics just obliterate the 76ers. It was close through one half of play, and then the 76ers get outscored in the third quarter, 33-10. to 10. Yes, it was on the road for the 76ers, but kind of an inexcusable loss when you've got James Harden, when you've got Joel Embiid, more importantly, the MVP, now reigning MVP of this league, just really did not show up in that game seven. Obviously, it's rumored health had something to do with that too. But just looks bad in Philly. Everyone is hitting the panic button seemingly. Maybe they're correct to do so. I look at this from a couple different angles. If you are Philadelphia as the organization, you were a top three seed. You had a great season. Doc Rivers was a steady hand on this team. However, it's been made clear, there there are rumors per Ramona Shelburne, that James Harden does not want to come back if Doc Rivers is the coach. So I fully expect Doc Rivers to be fired from this team. And we'll see who they bring in. There are a lot of coaching opportunities out there. There are a lot of coaches out there who can fill this vacancy. And this is going to be a hot ticket, especially if Joel Embiid sticks around. I fully expect Joel Embiid to stick around. I don't think management, Daryl Morey especially, would be willing to shop him. It, It would be a foolish move to do so in my opinion, unless Joel Embiid really is that upset and really is clamoring behind the scenes to be dealt. But he just won MVP. It would be a bad look for him, too, to request that, like, say, that trade to the Knicks that's rumored uh, or maybe just be (laughs) a, a factor of wishful thinking. With James Harden, from his angle, I, I think, so to to tie the bow on this, from Philly's angle, I think you try to keep this team together as much as you can. I think you try to avoid paying James Harden the max, if at all possible. Most likely, he's going to find that if he tests the market. If you bring him back for like a two plus one deal, so two years and then let's say a team option, I think you can pay him the max and get away with that. That's not going to make Philly fans very happy, especially this week to say that. But I think you would maintain a lot of relevancy and you've got a puncher's chance at the title, especially if you get better health from Joel Embiid. I mean, basically, these guys just needed to step up to the plate. They were up three games to two and couldn't get it done, frustratingly so. Now, looking from James Harden's angle, I expect... From what I've seen from our discussion with Kurt Helen earlier this year of NBC Sports, from things I have seen from friend of the show, Roosh Williams, who covers the Rockets very closely and knows a lot of the personal history with James Harden on this team, I fully expect that Harden is more likely to go to Houston. If you think about it, it's less pressure for him. He walks into town and looks like a hero if he simply leads this squad of young players to the play-in tournament, which I think is very doable in the Western Conference. Big news coming up with the draft lottery this week. We get to see if the Rockets land you know, a top two or top three pick and get a potentially franchise-changing player. Obviously, Wemby would be the top prize. But if they land, like, say, Scoot Henderson, and you would assume he shifts into being the starting point guard, 
I wonder if that affects their the franchise's willingness to bring James Harden in. But it does seem like there's mutual interest at this point. And I, I think Harden is legitimately interested. And I think because of the personal connection there, there's also a chance, even though I wouldn't recommend it, and I am a Rockets fan, there is a chance that he gets a longer, more lucrative deal in Houston because they do, they will have cap room that they will need to eat up and they may just decide to give it to James Harden. It's going to be interesting. going to be a very interesting offseason. I think the first thing that we'll hear out of Philly, and I think the first domino to fall, will be that Doc Rivers is fired, but we'll see what happens. He mentioned he has two years left on his deal. If I had to predict right now in terms of Vegas odds for next year on Bovada, I would guess Philly will still be a top five, top six team in the East, even if James Harden is to leave. I think they'll be able to figure out enough that they field a competitive playoff-worthy team, a team that is contending for home court advantage still, especially if Joel Embiid has similar health as he did this past regular season. All right, so now what we all really came here for in the title of this episode, we want to get into our conference finals preview. And if you're getting a sense of deja vu, you're not wrong in feeling that because these are the same four teams that we had back in 2020. Yes, the bubble finals, run it back. The Nuggets versus the Lakers in the Western Conference and the Heat versus the Celtics in the Eastern Conference under much different circumstances. And thankfully, (laughs) bubble-free circumstances But here we are. We've made it back here. I want to start in the Eastern Conference. And I I broke this down. I I jotted down some notes on key factors for these teams. Just very basic things. But I want to break this down and then look at some of the odds and and show how it kind of backs up some of these thoughts. Because I wrote these down and then I looked at the odds and it kind of confirmed how I was feeling about this. And that's how I'm going to go about making my projection. I want to apologize in advance to the teams that I pick because, man, it has been a jinx in the past couple rounds. We'll see if we turn it around (laughs) in this conference finals. So looking at Boston versus Miami, you have home court advantage goes to Boston. That's an instant advantage, and I think it's a legitimate advantage. You have a roster, overall depth from top to bottom, Advantage goes to Boston. Tyler Hero is still out. Victor Oladipo had that injury. Miami is playing guys like Cody Zeller, played relevant minutes against the New York Knicks, and played well to his credit. But I don't think he's going to cut it against the Boston Celtics. We'll see. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. So overall roster, that advantage goes to Boston. Coaching. Advantage clearly and distinctly goes to Miami. Coach Spolstra, one of the greatest coaches in the league right now, going up against first-year coach Joe Mazzulla. This is where game planning, this is where I think the Heat have a puncher's chance. Offense, overall, Boston, historically at the beginning of the year, had one of the best offenses in league history when they were starting with that 10-1 and run to open up the season. They clearly have a more balanced attack 
And the Heat throughout the regular season had much more difficulty scoring. They were actually towards the bottom of the league in scoring and have turned it around during the playoffs. I think this may be where their luck changes. Given that, moving on to defense, I also give Boston an advantage here. They just have more players to throw and more more of a legitimately functional defensive unit compared to the Miami Heat, who are no slouches defensively themselves. But Boston is just younger, a little bit fresher looking, and has more depth off the, of that bench that can make relevant contribu- contributions. In terms of overall experience, because of Coach Missoula and because of some of the injuries and, and, and things like that, I actually have this dead even in terms of experience. Both these teams have been to the finals before in the last three years. Both of these teams have been to the conference finals, obviously. So I have experienced dead even. Let me give you some odds per Bovada, and then I'll give you my pick. For the series, Boston is favored minus 525 to the Heat's plus 375. When you look at Eastern Conference Finals, MVP odds is Jason Tatum as the favorite at minus 250. Uh, Jalen Brown, plus 275. And then Jimmy Butler at plus 450. So clear favorite and assumption that Boston is going to get it done this series. Um, Game one, I, I agree with this line being set here, and I agree with the advantage. Boston is favored in game one by eight points. And so I have my pick for this series, Boston in six games. I just think they're going to be too much for Miami. And I will give Jimmy Butler and the Heat and Coach Spolstra, especially their flowers, if they get this done as the eight seed, only the second eight seed in history to make it to the conference finals. I I will give them their flowers if they get this done and knock off the Boston Celtics. I just see that as a much less likely, less probable path for the Heat to be able to do that. You also think of the competition that they face. They face the Bucs in round one, a very impressive knockout of a one seed. But Giannis played only half of the series. And by that, I mean the minutes available in the series with that back contusion wasn't quite himself even when he was in. Then you have the Julius Randle injured Knicks that the Heat beat. And the, the tough part there was getting through their defense. But the Heat is kind of built for these knockdown drag out wars, so to speak. And it really looked kind of effortless for the Heat through much of that series against the Knicks. I think the Celtics had a much more legitimate test. They they were off in that first round, didn't look nearly as impressive as the Heat when the Celtics were playing the Hawks, but then shifted gears, came back down from that 3-2 lead, even though that series probably shouldn't have gone on that long. You have to give the Celtics credit for being resilient enough to come back. Like I said, I think they're at a coaching disadvantage, but almost everything else I give the advantage to Boston. Let's move west. What may be, I mean, we just had the Nuggets Suns, and in part because of some of the drama around that series, but the Nuggets and Suns, I would say, was the best series of the playoffs so far because of some of the individual performances, uh, some of the historic scoring performances, like on Jokic's part. 
But now we get what I think will leapfrog that as the best series so far in the playoffs. We have the Denver Nuggets versus the Los Angeles Lakers. Back in 2020, when this series happened, the Lakers won and went on to win the finals. The Nuggets just seemed like they weren't ready for the moment. And since then, Jokic hasn't really had a healthy squad around him to be able to prove that he deserves those two MVPs in terms of the follow-through that you expect to see in the NBA playoffs. This year, he's got it. The team is healthy. The team is firing on all cylinders. The I expected the Suns to be able to slow them down a tiny bit more defensively. Did not happen at all, even in the games that DeAndre Ayton was able to play. And even though Jock Landell was, you know, kind of kind of cute for part of that series and and uh did did well i I think played you know um sort of above and beyond his potential there or potential perception of him had had a great series is what i'm trying to say but not able to slow Jokic down you would assume ad would be a piece that could slow down Jokic. i'm not sure he can but with his rim protection, he can prevent some of those easy buckets more so than Jokic can on Denver's side. Jokic and Aaron Gordon, just not really a rim protecting squad. So I think it's going to be <clears throat> can the Lakers continue to get easy buckets and can Denver outpace them on the other end? Can Denver's offense be faster than the Lakers' offense? Can they hit more threes? Because I think. If the flow of their offense stays as it was, I think they're likely to get more shots in rhythm and easier shots through Jokic and maybe have a higher field goal percentage, especially from deep. We'll see how it plays out. Let's go through these factors again that I used for the last series. Then I want to talk about odds and give you guys finally my pick here. So Denver versus LA this time around. When we are looking at home court advantage, that goes to Denver. They have home court advantage. And there's also, of course, the altitude factor that everyone talks about that really, I don't know, is going to be as big a deal as people always say, especially a little bit more rest between these postseason games. But you never know. With LeBron being 38 and their heavy reliance on LeBron, every little bit is going to count. Maybe there is some more fatigue on this older Lakers squad overall. But home court advantage does by default go to Denver. Roster advantage, Lakers very top heavy. Overall, I like Denver's roster better. I, I would pick their roster right now between these two. And I know that we get LeBron and AD, and they both looked pretty good last series. I'm still a little bit squeamish. Third series in, can these guys? keep it together. I also think there's a drop-off after LeBron and AD, uh, a more severe drop-off to that third player than there is with Denver. Coaching, I give a slight edge to Denver. Mike Malone has more experience. Darvin Ham, obviously first-year coach, has been doing a great job this postseason, so definitely not here to knock him. I just give a slight edge on coaching to Denver. Offensively, you have to say Jokic, I believe, less reliance on iso ball and t 
to my surprise, when they have had to rely on ISO things and Jokic handling things late, he was able to deliver pretty well in that Phoenix series. And I think he's going to continue to do the same against LA. Defensively, I give the advantage to Lakers, more rim protection, and I think enough perimeter defense that they can make it more interesting on that side. I don't think they're going to slow Denver down in terms of the pace and the rate of play, but maybe they can knock down their field goal percentage and increase the degree of difficulty of shots that Denver has to take. Experience level here. I suppose maybe Lakers deserve a slight edge, but given the newness of their coaching, the newness of some of the pieces that they have, I'm going to show respect to LeBron and AD by calling experience level about even in this series, maybe slightly edge to Denver in terms of experience. When we look on Bovada at odds here, For the series, Nuggets are the favorites, but it's close. Minus 160 to the Lakers, plus 135. When we look at Western Conference Finals MVP odds, Jokic gets the nod at minus 150. LeBron, plus 250. AD at plus 350. So if Denver wins, you obviously assume that Jokic is the series MVP here. Then we look at Game 1 odds. And I I like and agree with these odds. I think if the Lakers strike in these first two games and get that sneaky win on the road, I think it's going to be in game two. Vegas would agree. They have Denver as a six-point favorite in game one. So all in all, what do we pick here? We pick, for my purposes, as someone who slided Denver last round against the Suns, I'm not going to make that mistake again. And it's dangerous to pick against LeBron James. And LeBron has looked great. But I'm going to pick the Denver Nuggets to turn the page, to write the past and not drop the series to the Lakers. They're going to win the series in seven games. It is going to be close. It is going to be contentious. But I think home court advantage is going to pay off big time for the Nuggets. I think this is finally where the Lakers sort of pay for being the seventh seed. And I'm giving it to Denver again in seven games. What do you guys think? Who do you have winning in the Eastern and Western Conference? And in how many games would you predict that for? Looking ahead right now at this point, I I just find it interesting to mention also championship odds on Bovada. Celtics right now are the title favorites, even odds. I think that makes a lot of sense given... They were just behind the Bucks in terms of title odds at the start of the postseason. Denver, second place title odds, plus 220. The Lakers, third, plus 290. And then the Heat, poor Heat, at plus 1,400 for title odds. So, hey, if you like the Heat, now's the time. Just kidding. Be responsible, you guys. But that's our show for today. Got to wrap up and get out of here. Again, let me know your guys' thoughts. How do you see these series breaking down? Once again, I've got Boston in six versus Miami, and I've got the Nuggets in seven versus the Lakers. Enjoy the playoff basketball. Give us your feedback on the show anywhere you're doing social media or hoopsologypod at gmail.com is the email. 
Like, share, subscribe. We appreciate your guys' support of the show. We will be back very soon with another episode. I'm Matt Thomas for Justin Goodrum. Peace out. Talk to you soon. Hoopsology Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best, as you know, in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code Hoopsology at Manscaped.com. The Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped has arrived and all man is a game changer. A huge shout out goes to Manscaped for hooking Matt and I up with the Performance Package. Inside this package, you'll find a lot of useful items. You'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer that you've probably heard of before. You'll also find their new weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer. You'll find crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner. Don't sleep on those products, gentlemen. Performance boxer briefs and a travel bag. And for my bearded brethren, and I know there are a lot of you out there, be sure to check out the new Beard Hedger, which is a tool that makes managing your beard so much easier. 20 different instantly adjustable length options. No more messing with multiple clips with your trimmer. It's a really slick and ingenious product. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Hoopsology. That's H-O-O-P-S-O-L-O-G-Y at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code Hoopsology. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. We thank Manscaped for supporting the show.